now listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Dad Rules Podcast featuring one of your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. What it do? Nothing much. Ready to get to this topic. Let's go. All right. All right. So today's topic is fall down seven, get up eight. We're going to be talking about today about resilience. And even though you may fail, that you keep trying and talking about that perseverance. Mm-hmm. Kid, what do you got today? Um, so we're talking about failures. So when I think about failures, I think about every loss that we have in life gets us closer to our next win. I think about every time we hear the word no. We're closer to our next yes. And every failure gets us closer to success. Right. So that's the thing that I feel that we have to make sure that as fathers, no matter what we're faced with, no matter what doesn't go our way, we got to have our mentality has to be in the right place that I'll never give up. I'll never mm. get up, give up on my dreams. I think sometimes as fathers, we do get caught up into, you know, working every day, trying to provide, trying to be there for our families, emotionally, physically, financially. And a lot of times we lose sight on our goals or our purpose in life. Mm. And we're never too old to dream. Guys, stop quitting on your dreams. If you have a dream, no matter how old you are, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, go forth with your dream. Yeah. Don't let anything stop you. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out here that started at different ages. Yeah. You can go down the list of people that started very late in life. I think the guy that um, started the franchise, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I think he might have been in his 60s or 70s when it finally got franchised. Mm-hmm. Or, Some of the Colonel Sanders. Yeah, Colonel Sanders. He was later in life. So we have our whole lives to achieve what we want to achieve. But I think a lot of times people get distracted or they get frustrated because they were experiencing failures. But you can't let that stuff stop you. You yeah. can't let that stuff bother you. And I know I'm going to paraphrase you, this. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think people let that stuff bother them? Why, why do you think that? Because you've experienced failure in the past. And I think when people experience failure in the past, it starts looking like the last thing that they tried. Hmm. So in other words, I tried to I started trying to sell lemonade and then that didn't work. Now I'm trying to sell iced tea. And then now some of the failures are looking similar to some of the same failures that I had when I was selling lemonade. And then you Mm -hmm. just give up all together. And then you just say, no, you know what? Just forget all that. I'm just going to live my life and just, you know, take care of my kids or whatever. But no, you can't do that. Right. You got to feel like the next one is going to work. Next idea is going to work. My next goal that I have is going to work. Um, And I know I'm going to paraphrase this, but 
I wanted to talk about something that I heard Damon Dash say. And he was saying how he doesn't grind or work hard for his first name, but he does all that for his last name. So all of us as dads, we can, we can relate to that because every goal that you're trying to achieve right now is just going to make the lives better for your kids from now until the future. That's right. So in order to, you know, get to all those goals, you have to see some failures. You have to go through failure. Yeah. And um, we just have to, we have to overlook that stuff. We can't let it, you know, alter our behavior as dads. That's right. What do you That's think? Right. Hey, so, you know, um, I didn't know you were necessarily going to go that route when we uh -huh. were talking about, you know, you falling down seven and getting up eight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you immediately start to talk about, you know, the dreams and, and things like that. And uh, I just shared this with uh, with some folks this morning. And um, this is how I'll, I'll say it. And this is how it got said to me. But um, I'll pose the question to you. Do you know um, that there are so many dreams that died and they're in the graveyard right now? Oh, yeah. So many, you know, if you, if you, next time, you know, you think about it and if you're driving past a, back past a graveyard, there are so many dreams that died right there mm -hmm. because people, for whatever reason, whether it be fear, whether it's doubt, whether if it's, uh, you know, thinking you're not good enough, you're not smart, smart enough, you're not Critics. qualified, criticism, that they just got paralyzed by the fear, whatever it is you know, that dream died with that person. And that's sad. If you think it about is. it, that's sad. And, you know, we, we need to have some perseverance, some resilience about ourselves that, you know, and don't lose hope that you continue to go on in yeah. the space, in, in face of adversity. You know, one of the things I also think about, um, you know, you know, you talk about, uh, fall down seven, get up eight. I think about that Donnie McClurkin, Donnie McClurkin song from back in the day, you know, yeah. you know, get back up again, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's, it, it, it was a simple song, you know, but it yeah. was, it, it's, it's very true, you know, get back up, get back in there. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever had a cough drop, but Hall's cough drops, if you've ever, ever noticed it on Hall's cough drops, they have like these little sayings on Hall's cough drops. And they're all about, you know, get back in there, be resilient mm -hmm. and all those types of things. And it's just, you know, I don't know who, who thought of that, but I, you know, I, the times that I've taken a Hall's cough drop and I've looked at it and, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, wow, you know, yeah. You know, cause it could be that, that can just kind of speak to me in, in something else that I'm doing, you know, in, in, you know, it's, it's, it's true. You have to keep going. I mean, we have so many failures. You can have so many failures in life, right? But mm -hmm. you, you have to keep going. You have to keep persevering. I mean, failure is just, to me, another data point of experience to, like you said, to help you the next time to where you don't fail. You do overcome that obstacle, 
right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think about also um, dads. You know, I know it's it's rough. It's it's rough on all of us a lot of times, right? You feel like so much is on your shoulders, and you feel you know all hope is gone or whatever. But you know, just just keep at it. You know, keep persevering. And I'm telling you, you know, you can you can continue to make. You continue to get through. Um, one of the things that you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, and I'll always say it. You know, one of the things that helps me is uh, is definitely prayer, mm. um, my faith. Um, to continue to keep going um, when I know that I'm doing well and just continue to persevere. persevere. Um, another thing, you know, I think about is um, I know where to go if I am struggling. You yeah. know, I know to go to the Bible and, and, and pick out things that will continue to help me. Um, maybe for you, it could be something else. Maybe you go to go to a friend, go to you know, maybe you have a counselor or a therapist or something like that, but go to those people when you're getting that frustration, maybe, or that apprehension of whatever it is, and, you know, continue to press forward, continue to press forward. Um, because here's the thing, your kids are watching, yeah. right? And you want to be that good example for your kids, right? Yeah. I don't want my son to quit on anything. I don't want my daughter to quit on anything. So what does it look like for me? I have to make sure I uphold that standard. Yep. There are plenty of things that, you know, you were talking about dreams, kid, and there are plenty of dreams that I have. What does it look like if I'm telling my kids, chase after your dreams, son. Hey, 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 baby girl, chase after your dreams. Do everything that you want to do, you know, be steadfast in it. And I'm sitting back, you know, afraid to chase my own dreams. You know, yeah. that can't be. So I have to hold up that standard. I have to set that standard. They're looking at me, you know. Well, dad is telling me to chase mine, but he didn't do his. You know, so fathers, yeah. make sure that you're, you know, you're doing that on your own. You know, you're, you're chasing after your dreams and, and showing them that even though you may fail, you learn something and you get back in there. I, I, I'll never forget when I was a freshman in college, I had a professor uh, he was an English professor of mine. And one of the pieces of advice that has just always stuck with me, I, I, I'm, I don't know why I did, or I guess I can understand why I did, but um, one of the things he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he talked about, he said, you know, not everything good happens to you. Not everything that happens to you is positive, is what he was saying. Mm -hmm. But it is positive that you get something from it and you learn from it. Oh yeah. And that's what it is, you know? I mean, we talking about falling down seven, getting up eight, you know, you learn something from that mistake. You learn something from that obstacle being in your way. The next time you're able to help somebody else, you know, the next time you, you know how to maneuver around that obstacle and not make that same mistake again. And so it's just, you, you gotta keep pushing it. Like life is just like that, man. Life is, yeah. you're gonna, you it's, if, it, there's no easy button in life, right? You no, know? it's not. But and 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 you you you've got to you've got to keep going. You've got to keep persevering. Yeah, and I I definitely feel like that our failures help us to succeed. I mean, if you don't know what not to do, then how do you know what to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the that's the thing that 
I have learned and I love so much about the failures that I have had is that you, when you learn from them, you become better Mm -hmm. and not letting the small failures get to you. And I'll say this and, you know, I think it relates and I think it might help somebody else better understand, but like I told you before, you know, my nephew is really into football and I helped him with his recruiting process. Mm-hmm. And I've helped a lot of kids with their recruiting process over the years. And in that process, I tell all my kids, I'm like, you need to make sure that you got your um, recruiting profile ready to go. You need to make sure you got your height, weight, grade point average and all that stuff down. And I say, you need to be emailing, calling coaches, texting coaches all the time. You need to always be talking to coaches, okay? The problem is with a lot of people, we can't take that failure or we can't take putting in work and not receiving a reward for that work that we put in immediately. We're in a microwave society where we feel like if I do this, then it should result in this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do that, if I do it and I don't get a result, then we need to throw it all out. But that's not how life works. Do you know how many coaches I've emailed and didn't get an email back? Do you know how many times the players that I've worked with met a coach, the coach gave them the number, they called them once a week and never got an answer. Yeah. Or they text them and they never responded. Yeah. Probably happens Hundreds, all the time. <laughs> probably thousands yeah. of those emails have been sent out. But guess what? Once we kept doing it, you kept doing it, you're going to get a response. Yeah. Then you're going to start getting more responses and more and more and more. It's a proven method. Yeah. It's a game of numbers. <laughs> if I hit out, if I only hit up five coaches, chances are nobody's going to hit me back. But what if I can hit up 150, 250 coaches? then I might get 20 or 30 replies back. Right. It's a game of numbers. So even in life, when we think about our failures, that's how it is. If you got your dreams and that dream didn't work out, go get another one. Go get another one. Alter it. Change something up. Keep going. Yeah. Stay focused. Like you said, stay steadfast. Stay focused. Do Stay engaged. Do not quit. You have a you have to have a no quit attitude because that's mm-hmm. a losing mindset. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of times people just have to change their mindset on things. Yeah, and we go through it all the time. Anytime you want something worth having, you're gonna have setbacks. Mm-hmm. But you can't sit down and start feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. Get back to it. You're never going to do something right the first time. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was getting ready to bring that up. And you and I, we had a discussion about that. Um, you know, we don't have to go into the specifics of why that came up. But yeah, yeah that, that's, that's definitely true. You know, it's very, very, very rare that somebody does something perfectly the very first time they've done it. That's very rare. You know, it almost never happens, right? And so 
you have to have that in your mind that wait, you know, I, this is a learning thing, you know, so I'm going to mess up in the beginning, you know, yeah. and we're just starting out on this podcast, right? There yeah. are plenty of things that over the last, you know, several weeks that I've learned, mm-hmm. you know, and I know you've learned that, you yeah. know, we would, if we had to do it all over again, we wouldn't make those same mistakes <laughs> again. Right. Yeah. But, but, you know, it, you have to, you have to, you have to, you know, take those setbacks as learning experiences, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all, it's just going to help you. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help you get better. And like I said, you know, it's going to help you help somebody else and you, you won't go through that same thing again. And that's the, that's the, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. It's, it's not always good going through a setback or having to keep trying, but the beauty of it, after you get through it, you can mm-hmm. look back and say, I'm stronger for that. You know, I'm better for that now. You know, I learned something from that. And consistency, being mm-hmm. consistent. And and you said something earlier and you talked about your kids are watching you. And the most important thing doing a failure is not what happened to you, not what knocked you down, but how you get up. So how you get up is your response to adversity. Mm-hmm. Because... The kids, they're going to see what happened to you. They're going to see the failure, right? But what they're going to pay the most attention to is the response to that failure. Yeah. How did dad handle it? How did dad handle adversity? When things started getting hot and when things started getting tight, how did he handle himself? Mm -hmm. Did he, and and it's okay. Even, Even depression, when we talk about depression, it's something that happens, guys. It's nothing to be ashamed about. You need to get you the proper help. Talk to somebody about it. You need to do something to get yourself mentally ready to move on. But at the same time, when we get depressed, we can't stay in that state. Mm-hmm. We have to move forward. You have to pick things up. Get ready to go. Get your plan back together. If, like I said, plan A didn't work. Then let's go to plan B and make it happen. Be consistent in that mindset that I don't care if I fail 2,000 times, I'm going to get it on the 2,001 time. Yeah. You know, so that's how I feel like it. And I just feel like you'll not only make yourself stronger, but you'll make your family structure stronger as well. When they see that, man, you see how dad popped back with that? It brings the family morale. And we got to understand, like, we, we are, we're the gauge when it comes to morality in the home. Mm-hmm. We, in order to keep the spirits up in the home, it starts with dad. Dad is the leader of the household. And we got to believe that, we got to know that, and we got to act accordingly. Yeah. One thing I was going to say, too, be an encourager in your household. You know, mm-hmm. the things that you go through, dad's. You go through them, like I said, and and give that same information back to your kids. So when your kids are going through those things, you know, I, I could think of times where, you know, my son and my daughter, they've went through certain things and it, and it didn't work out. And, you know, I'm able to be there and give them that encouragement, you know, and say, hey, you know, you, you know, I can think about times with my son on with, with track, you know, hey, you ran well today. Mm-hmm. You didn't get a medal today, but hey, you did your best though, right? 
You said you're right. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, next time we'll go back at it. You know, yeah. same thing with my daughter, you know, um, you know, Hey, maybe you didn't get that grade that you wanted or you didn't get, uh, the good news that you thought you were going to get, but Hey, keep at it. Keep, keep going, keep pressing forward. You know, you've got to build those good habits that perseverance because, you know, otherwise, you know, you just a quitter and you quit everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that stuff happens like the stuff that you're talking about right now, those are great teaching moments for your kids. Yes. These are like little failures that are not going to change the course of their lives. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when they get out on their own, they can go back to those failures. They can reference the failures that dad had and look how he bounced back. They can reference how he maybe didn't get a medal this time and how he bounced back. He and She can reference, you know, maybe not getting a good grade and she ended up getting a good grade as she put the work in. They can reference those small wins, those small battles. So later on in life, when she's when he or she is faced with some serious things, they know the process of coming back from those failures. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole thing that we're talking about is making sure that we are the best example to show our kids how to react to adversity. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to, to, uh, one of the things that I, that I, that, that I think that is so grand and so special about being a dad is looking for those opportunities. Like we're talking about mm -hmm. to be able to give good advice to your, to your children, to your kids mm -hmm. and looking for those moments that you're able to deposit life lessons into, into them. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, and always try to, you know, what I try to do is I try to take things into a teaching moment, you yeah. know, to say, hey, you know, it's, it's, this is like this. And, you know, I just can think of plenty of times in my life where, you know, my parents, they did the same thing for me. And, you know, I can sit back and I can think back over my life where, you know, I was down about something. I was upset about something mm -hmm. and, you know, I persevered through it and, you know, by the grace of God, I got through it so that when I went through something again, like you were saying, I can say, hey, God was with me that time. He was with me again. And I'm able to be able to show that and tell that to other other people. I'm able to share that with my kids so that that helps them, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. And I think, too, for your mentality's sake, and like you say, trying to keep a positive mind, and sometimes that can be very difficult. I think it's important for us to, when we have, or when we are experiencing um, failure, that you have to look at it as if I failed at this particular thing, but I am not a failure. Okay? Very good. Very good. I failed at this thing, but I'm not a failure. So that makes you have the positive outlook on going forward mm -hmm. that that failure that you had did not define you right and i think too many times people experience failures or they have failed at something and they feel like i'm a failure see when you do that you just shut your mind down because yeah. nothing nothing i can do i'm a failure no matter what happens i'm a failure so yeah. when you change and you turn the light switch on and you say, no, I'm not a failure. I failed at that. Yeah. 
Because this next thing that I'm going to come up with, I'm going to succeed. And it's yeah. nothing going to stop me. Yeah. And when you have that mentality, nothing can stop you. Yeah. You are not your mistake. You yeah. are not your, your, what you failed at. You, you know what I mean? You yeah. just, you, you, you fail down, but get back up. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's so many things that, you know, that can happen with. So, you know, that's why I'm just saying, like, you got to make sure you got your mind in the right place, man. You mm-hmm. got to. Because that stuff, it, it will consume you. It really will. Yeah, it will. It will. You know, a lot of times people don't even try to do certain things. Why? Because of fear of failure. You know, because of fear of the unknown, because of fear oh of whatever goodness. it is. And I think... You know, I, I can think of times where I didn't do things because I was like, man, I'm, I might I might not be good enough because you, you fear you may fail, you know? Yes. And so, I mean, but you you got to you got to change that mindset and you, you stop before you even get started. Right. That's right. that's a lot of it. A lot of people, man, they 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 get messed up before they even get started, man. Yeah. And that's that's tough. That's tough. And I think that. I think that has a bigger effect on your mentality, your um, your mentality as a person, because you stopped yourself before you even gave yourself a chance. Yeah. The person that goes out here and they tried their best and they failed, it's like, okay, but look at what I did do right. And I got this part of it wrong. So let's try, maybe I want to keep on trying. But that person that just says, it ain't gonna work. I can't do it. That's the person that I'm worried the most about. Yeah. That doesn't even take that first step. So anybody, any viewers or listeners out there right now, if you have a great idea or something that you feel like that you want to pursue, the hardest step is taking that first step. And I can speak from experience. It, it is. That's the hardest step to take is that first step. But once That's you right. take that first step and you keep your mind positive and you stay consistent and you know that I'm, I'm going to do this and nobody's going to stop me from doing it. That's when you become dangerous. Mm. And, and, and to me, and you know, <laughs> you know this personally from me, when I take on a task, I build my, my mental up to the point where I'm the best. Yeah. I might not be the best, but in my mind, I feel like I'm the best. And I feel like that you have to do that because you got so much stuff coming at you that you need that overconfidence (laughs) to, to do what you need to do. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, and working with my son, that's what I'm going to push. I'm like, man, you the best. Now that doesn't mean you don't have to work hard, but you the best. When you when you work your hardest, when you do your best, son, there's nobody out here that can touch you. Now, sometimes you you get a little complacent and you feel like you already got it done or you already good. And then that's when people get better than you. But when you put your best foot forward, nobody can touch you. And a child hearing that from their father. It's two or three times bigger than them, older than them, wiser than them. Yeah. You're, you're helping give them confidence. Yeah, yeah, you're giving them confidence. You're building them up. Yep. And, and I and I did that, I did that with my nephew as well. As he was coming up, 
Like, man, you the best player I've seen. Nobody can stop you. And it took him to those lengths in that sport that that so many people don't get to get to. Mm-hmm. But just that confidence of constantly telling them, you, you good, man. You got this. You got this. You keep working hard, you're going to be the best. You the best I've seen, and I've seen a lot of them, you know? Yeah. That positive talk, man, is priceless. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we got to positive, we got to positively talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. All right. Let's go to our next segment of the podcast. And it is the ask the dads portion of the podcast. And today, Mario E, I have another question that I want you to answer and for us to discuss in today's okay point that we're going to be talking about is who is the greatest sports dad of all time. Now I'm looking, I'm thinking about this from a certain point of view. Okay. I'm looking at it as a father that has some sports athletes that may have um, they may have accomplished a lot of great goals in whatever sport you can think of. Who is the greatest sports dad you think? So, clarify that because you just said something that was making me making me think. Right. So, or how I'm looking at it is uh, not necessarily the best dad in sports. I'm thinking about it in terms of who kind of did the best job of raising their kids who were athletes. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I got a couple people that come to mind when I think about that, right? I'll get those people out of the way and I'll give you who I think is the number one person. Okay. One of the first people to come to mind is, um, the iconic photo of Michael Jordan crying with the trophy after he won his first trophy, which mm-hmm. by the way, he kept losing in the playoffs and he finally overcame and won in the playoffs going failures. back to falling down seven, so many. Up eight. So right? many failures. Yeah. So I think about that and you know, with, with his, with, you know, you hear Michael Jordan when he talks about how, fond he was of his dad and how his dad helped shape you know his mentality with sports and all those things I think about James I think his name was James okay you know Jordan um I think about Tiger Woods dad who basically like created a machine he he (laughs) created a monster yeah that you know in the first part of Tiger's career I mean he was he was whooping up on everybody right you know um, so I think about him. I think about uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who Shaq fondly talks about his dad. And, you know, if you're if it, it even if you're not a huge sports fan, guys, mm-hmm. or any of our listeners. But to me, one of the best programs on TV is uh, inside the NBA with, you know, with Shaq and Kenny and, and uh, uh, 
Ernie and Charles mm -hmm. and Shaq is always taught he'll he'll frequently go back and talk about things his dad taught him and told him about and and instilled in him and uh you know Shaq is always talking positively about his dad right mm -hmm. so I think about those those folks as those those three dads right and I'm sure there's plenty of dads who 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 we're not even going to name or not even thinking about because they may have been so in the background right yeah um Going to another sport, uh, I think about Archie Manning. Archie okay. Manning was a was a was a pretty good football player. Mm -hmm. um, I never saw him play. I'm not that old, whatever. But you know, I just think about his sons. You know, he had one son that uh, I think their oldest son played football, but he got hurt. Cooper, or something like that. Cooper Manning. Cooper. He was a pretty good player. Yeah, but, um, he didn't make it to the NFL. He didn't make he it to the hurt. league. Yeah, he got hurt. But then he's got arguably the one of the best quarterbacks ever, and and as his son Peyton Manning, then one of the greatest winners ever, I'd say arguably, uh, and Eli Manning. Mm -hmm. So you know what he had to instill in those kids and 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 to get them to continue to perform at a high level like he did, that was great. Uh, I got to shout out my favorite basketball player's dad, Dale Curry. Because okay. you know he's he has two sons in the NBA. I think the daughter she played at Elon. She played volleyball or something. Okay. Or whatever. But yeah, all those different things, right? But my number one, I say all that to say this. <laughs> my number one, I I must say, is Richard Williams. Oh man, Richard Williams is number one to me because. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I got to say he's number one because when I look at uh, Venus and Serena and what they had to go through, you know, mm -hmm. being from Compton, California, yes. and you got to take them to all these country clubs to get them to play. They don't look like everybody else. Okay. Tearing the walls down. Yes. And like what he had to instill in them to be strong mentally, Woo. to be able to go out there and perform at a high level every single time and to basically raise two daughters who were at one point in time like they both were at one point in time number one in the world wow. you yeah. know serena you know we we i think everybody recognizes serena is probably one of the greatest athletes and i'm not even attaching female period to that one period. of the greatest athletes ever and especially you know her all the compliment all the accomplishments that she's had i have to say what he did with them because he was their coach as well he wasn't just the dad like i'm going to take you to the coach and the coach is going to train you no he was the coach yeah and he you know instilled all those things in them to persevere and to to you know don't don't take no for an answer and all these setbacks you may have you know i mean he he was you know, I don't know his life personally or whatever. I'm just looking at it from the outside looking in that what yeah. he did with his two daughters was amazing. Yes, yes, it, it it really was. I feel like, um, and I think I'd like to bring up, I think it was a video. I'm pretty sure, I think we shared it with each other. It was a video where uh, I think it was Venus getting interviewed. And I think they were asking her, like, how do you think you're going to stack up against the competition this weekend or whatever? And she was like, I'm going to win. 
And then the lady was kind of like, maybe saying, well, you, you know, you have to go against such and such or such and such, or you're only 16 years old or whatever the age she was at. And Richard stepped in and said, look, she told you what she told you. <laughs> she said that she was going to win. Yeah. You need to let it be like that. Stop trying to mess up her confidence. And I was like, man, yeah, this guy is right on point because right. I feel the same way. When you have your kids and you know your kids are going to be going up against a lot of competition and there's a mental aspect there, you got to keep them level-headed and focused and their confidence has to be through the roof um, to compete at the level that they were competing at. So yes, I had Richard, I had Richard Williams down as one of mine. I had uh, Archie Manning down. I mean, Archie Manning, you got to think about it. I think both of his boys were first pick in the draft. Yes. Both of them. Eli, Eli and Peyton. Yes. Yeah, they were number both one number one picks in the draft. So I had to definitely put him on the list. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with my honorable mention uh, is LeVar Ball. Now, oh, okay. love him. Yeah, love him or hate him. Dude, the man did a great job with raising his boys. Like I said, I don't know him personally, but from what I can see, you know, from TV and media side of things, these three boys, if I'm not mistaken, were all committed to UCLA. Yeah. They all were committed. They all didn't end up going there, but they all were committed. And to have three sons that's committed to a major division one college is a huge deal. Yeah. A historically great program. Yes. Yes. And, and a lot of people can argue that it is the best program. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of legends came through there. A lot of um, great coaches too. Now, so then you take LeVar Ball and then you have Lonzo that goes in the first round, early first round. Mm -hmm. And then LiAngelo didn't get drafted, but he did get signed to a team. Yeah. Which I think is he signed, I think he went to the Pistons. He played like a week or so or something like that, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. that's still a great accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And then you have the last boy, LaMelo Ball, that goes in the first round. He looks legit right now. And he, he looks, does. He looks like the real deal. He looks really good right now. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot of people are probably saying, well, you got LeVar Ball, you named all these other names. Who in the world can be the sports dad goat? Let me ask you this. Since Go we're ahead. talking about LeVar Ball, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just going to talk about it. LeVar Ball gets a lot of bad press. He gets a lot of a, a bad rap. Yeah. You know, and I, I know I can I can kind of look at it and understand why. But how about just sharing your thoughts or your opinion on uh, how you view how he's raised his kids and how you think, you know, it's it's worked? Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. These coaches are not going to offer these kids scholarships if they see some character issues or anything like that. So, and they're not gonna offer you based off of hype. So these boys had to be able to play from a talented aspect, but as well, when they go meet these coaches, they have to have their thing, they have to have things under control and ready to go when they're talking to these coaches. Mm -hmm. So these coaches are gonna do a lot of background check as well. 
They're going to ask the high schools, how does he act in class? How does he do this? Before they put money, before they give money to get these players, they got to do every check that they can possibly. So, you know, I know that LiAngelo might have gotten in some trouble or whatever, but, you know, kids get into things, you know. But from an overall aspect, these kids hadn't really been getting in trouble about anything. And I think that's something that we have to really – Take from LeVar. LeVar is a mouthpiece now. Let's get that clear too. He talked his son's way to be picked number two overall, I think, Lonzo. Mm-hmm. I think if he didn't have LeVar as a mouthpiece, I'm not sure he would have got drafted that high. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot of different things that comes into play. He said his son was going to play for the Lakers and his son played for the Lakers. Like... <laughs> And I, and I do understand, too, with having some experience in recruiting that you do have to, your kids have to have somewhat of a mouthpiece. And if your mouthpiece is sending emails or messaging coaches or talking to them in person, they got to have a mouthpiece. Yes, they have to be able to talk for themselves, but you have to have somebody to vouch for you or to speak for you, even if it's your head coach, your high school coach. Somebody has to speak up for you. And LeVar did a lot of that speaking up for his kids. Yeah. And you know, one of th- I feel like that he supported them in that way too. Yeah. One of the things I, I that I always thought was interesting when uh LeVar, when we when he first came to the national scene, and you know, if you remember that came, he came on the scene because he said that Lonzo was better than Steph Curry at that point in time when Lonzo was only like a freshman in college. Yes, he did. And I just remember like when he started going on the networks and whatever, and people were asking him, you know, do you think this is going to hurt your kids? Do you think this is going to be a distraction? Do you think somebody is not going to want to draft your kids because of you? And do you know, do you think you're actually hurting them? And I remember he says something and I, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he, how he the work for word, what he said, but what I took away from it was like, they've been hearing him his whole life, their whole lives. So they're used to him. You know, he knows how to motivate them, right? Mm-hmm. But everybody else, you you all might not get it, how that relationship is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's uh, that, that was something that stuck out to me with that, you know, that he knows how to motivate his kids. He knows what to say to them. And that's that's a father that's in tune yeah. with kids. You know, they have that relationship that he knows how to get the best out of them and how to, you know, get them to do the, do their best. And I mean, if they don't like their dad or whatever, they don't have to be around them now. And I haven't seen where they have just totally cut ties with their dad or whatever, but right. Um, kids, they know their parents. He's been around them their whole life. So he, they know how to operate around them. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a talker, man. Like yeah. it is what it is, but I can't say anything bad about the boys or um, their play or anything like that. I think it's, yeah. it's a, it's a great accomplishment for the family. Now, we've named all of those dads. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking, who in the world could be your top pick for Sports Dad Goat? And to me, I got to go with Ferrell Edmonds. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I got to okay. go with Ferrell Edmonds. Um, hometown guy. Um, yeah. He went to the high school we went to and – uh, he ended up playing at Maryland. He got drafted by the Miami Dolphins. And um, yep. 
He's a pro bowler. And yeah, so he has three boys in the NFL. Uh, Trey Edmonds is in the NFL. Uh, Terrell Edmonds and Tremaine Edmonds. Now, um, I think Trey was undrafted. He went in as an undrafted free agent. And then the other two boys, Terrell and Tremaine, those boys were drafted in the first round in the yeah. same draft. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I guess I had to pick him as the sports dad goat because, you know, you know, I know the family and everything, and they're just good people. Um, his wife, very good people. Um, they always been nice, and you know, they always look like they always show their kids in a good light with the community. They're the kids when you meet them. Well, they're not kids anymore, but the men when you meet them, and they're they're incredible guys. Um, I'm I'm just proud of all of them, honestly. And yeah, that's that's my goat, man. I mean, yeah, I mean he's up there with Lavar Ball. It's just you know Lavar talks and you know Lavar gets the media going, but yeah, I mean Ferrell Edmonds did the same thing. Yeah, I mean you to can't put three you can't sons argue. in the NFL is it was it's remarkable. Yeah, it is remarkable yeah. to be able to do that. I don't think and you know has been getting some publicity or whatever, but I don't think it gets the publicity that you know maybe it should have gotten. Right. But yeah, but it's an it's an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, but that's my pick. That's my. That's pick. a great pick. Yeah. Great pick. Well, that's all for the podcast today. We want to know who you think the sports dad goat is, and anything else, Mario? Before we sign out. No, just whatever, whatever comments you guys, you know, just like, subscribe, share. Uh, let us know. All right. Mario, E, and Kid signing out. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your host, Mario E and Kid. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker, and Player FM. Till next time.